Morning everyone. Last week we began to think about what God might have been thinking about when he was imagining and planning this new movement on earth called the church. Now can I be gently honest and say that I don't think his master plan was really about denominations and pews and fighting over the colour of the curtains in the vestry. But he was creating something that has been at times like a raging fire and sometimes certainly more like a smouldering fire, but neither can be put out. Centuries can't put it out. Persecutions, conflict, wars, famines, cultural shifts, changes in politics, wealth, poverty, advance in technology. This movement of God lumbers on, can't be stopped. And it carries with it Hidden away sometimes the beauty of Christ with this wonderful good news of new possibilities and of new hope and new ways of living and life that is no longer dictated to by death. Last week we began to explore the possibility of everyone having a part to play in this movement called the church. And maybe even more profound than having a part to play is actually being a part of the body, the body of Christ, inextricably linked, codependent, and woven into the very fabric of the thing in such a way that it makes the whole thing work. It was about belonging and about that process of being woven into it. Now, it's a slightly different angle today, but on that same theme of belonging, now, Gordon is going to read to us this morning from Ephesians chapter 1. So over to you, Gordon. The reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 6. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Thank you. Now, just like last week, when Paul was trying to shape this new congregation in the Greek city of Corinth, these people who had no background in this faith of Judaism or anything, so they, they had no idea really what it was all about, except that they wanted to follow Jesus. So Paul was trying to shape them with those images of being the body. Now he's, he's in a, writing to a different city. Ephesus is a city in Turkey. But just like Corinth is very far removed from Judaism and all the history and the story of the people of God. So he's trying to describe to them what this thing is that they're now part of. And Gordon read to us these words, that God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This thing that we belong to is family, God's family. Now, do you notice that Paul describes us as being adopted into the family of God? This new thing called the church was not created to become a family. It was created by us being adopted into an existing family, God's family. Now, how can God have a family? He can't really have a family, can he? What about, could he be a family? Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Their sense of belonging to one another and of being one and codependent and woven together 
is actually the model of what we're meant to be and is the family that we have been adopted into. Now, try to get our earthly experience of family out of our minds for a minute. God's family is not meant to be a reflection of our experience of family. Although many of us will have, good, will have great experiences and great memories of family. But our family, the church family, and even our own biological families, are meant to be a reflection or an extension of his family. Of that perfection, that ideal, that beautiful reality, that really honestly would totally transform the world if everyone embraced the idea of being family. So let the idea, the reality that we're adopted into his family, let that kind of sink into us, that we're, we're part of the heavenly family. We're connected to God, to each other. And like any family, we need to work out how that looks and how we maintain good relationships. And again, connections are at the forefront of this. Are we connected? I have cousins that left Northern Ireland when I was a small child, and I haven't seen them since. That's many decades. And they have children now, and I'm sure even grandchildren. And I wouldn't recognise them. But the reason for that is simple. They live on the far side of the world and we have no connection. But here we are in Beaver, south and east Belfast, and a few missionaries uh, in the outlying districts and countrysides of County Down and Antrim. But we have no excuses not to be connected. Tom's going to read to us from Romans chapter 8. So Tom, would you like to read us a couple of verses? Romans 8, 15-16 So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Now those words give us some clues and hints as to the nature of us being connected to one another. Sometimes the journey into being connected, because it is a journey, uh, it can be terrifying. So we hold back. So sometimes it's simpler just to go along to an event or just watch something on a screen or just listen to something. And we miss out on so much if that's the level at which we connect. Can you imagine, for example, if you as a person or as a family within our church wanted to adapt, adopt an elderly person who maybe doesn't get out anymore or isn't around for as much? It'll feel awkward to begin with as you make a couple of visits or make a few phone calls. Um, but can you imagine the benefit and the joy and the depth as that relationship grows? And that's really what it means to be church. And possibly some of that is more being church than any amount of sitting listening to sermons or being part of meetings. Maybe things like that are the real church. Now imagine if you're a young person today, born since the year 2000, so that would make you not teens, children, um, right up to sort of 20-ish. 
Can you imagine if you were getting to know someone who was born in 1940? Somebody who's about 80 now. Can you imagine the things that you could share with one another? Can you imagine teaching that person how to connect to scatter together on a tablet? Can you imagine what you would learn about coming out of the Second World War and when the National Health Service was just being invented and when all sorts of technology was growing and stories of seeing someone walking on the moon? That could be a real experience of what it means to be the family of God. Now, I'm not trying to dilute our experience of church as we have known it, but I'm rather trying to concentrate it or expand the possibilities in our minds and eventually in our lives. Let me tell you, when my children were very young, the church that we belonged to, when they were little toddlers, uh, there was a family and their teenagers became our babysitters. But uh, as well as that, the mommy and daddy kind of adopted our children in a funny old way and prayed for them. And over the years, sent them gifts and turned up at major events and were there to support them in all sorts of ways. Now this year, they're now quite elderly. This year, their Christmas card told us of a medical diagnosis. That will probably mean the end for one of them. But you know, I called over before Christmas and stood out in their driveway and they spoke warmly of all that our children have brought to their lives. The joy they have experienced of watching them growing and becoming the people they are. That's church. That's what it means to be the family of God. When we get beyond the organised stuff and begin to realise that we're connected, we're woven together. We're God's children. Romans 8, that was read to us, speaks of there being no fear. You did not receive a spirit that makes you fearful when God adopted you as, as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Daddy. We're free to be his family and his children and therefore brothers and sisters. What a negative experience it would be to be brothers and sisters who are frightened of each other or maybe frightened by each other. But we aren't. We've been invited to be part of a family where fear doesn't exist or shouldn't be able to exist. Let's find ways to become that. We're going to hear a final Bible reading that speaks of the strength and the depth of the love that comes from God, finds its source and roots in God, but that flows through this family and wipes away all the possibility of fear if we absorb the truth of this into our lives. Now, Emma's going to read this to us, and it's again from Romans 8. And straight after that, we're going to go straight into a worship song, Jesus Be the Centre. Let's allow that song to allow some of this to go deeper into our lives. And straight after that song, uh, Chris Scott is going to lead us in our prayers today. And can I suggest to you that prayers today, like the prayers every week, are nearly one of the most important things we will do in supporting all those people out there who are working hard to keep us all safe and well, those who are making things happen for us, those who are struggling day by day to keep going. These prayers will make a difference. 
So when we get there, let's make that a very active part of our worship today. So Emma's going to read and then straight on into the song and then into our prayers. Thanks, Emma. Romans 8, 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. <laughs> 